0: all right guys welcome back to the fitness in philosophy podcast today we are discussing personal identity and fitness james how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great thank you doing great feeling uh feeling giddy happy good feel like playing a game of pickleball
0: yeah (laughs) for those who may not uh riding
1: an (laughs) e-bike
0: For those who may not realize at the time of the recording of this, uh the greatest athlete of all time, and some might say the greatest fitness individual of all time. I think James <laughs> would agree with that. Has uh has invested in perhaps the greatest sport of all time. The
1: professional
0: not, world of pickleball.
1: Not in basketball, <laughs> in pickleball.
0: Yeah. The greatest uh no, but I mean the greatest athlete of all time, clearly, and the greatest fitness individual has invested in and and this is a real thing this is not uh you yeah. Can look this up and, yeah now,
1: Lebron James has uh, bought a pro pickleball team,
0: <laughs> and he has a very long wingspan to uh <laughs> which to play.
1: he just stands in the middle of the court <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> Change the rules. We got to change the rules. Well, eventually, maybe it'll turn it back to tennis. They're like, we need to widen the courts. We need the ball to be a little faster. (laughs) Oh wait, now it's tennis. (laughs) Uh, Just bad. Well, I thought you were going to mention the t-shirt. We have merch.
0: I was going to mention the t-shirt. Yeah. So if you if you guys if you guys despise pickleball as much as we do, head over to T Public. And we have a uh, t-shirt that defines pickleball as like tennis, but uh, no physical fitness required.
1: And you're going to have to search hard, though, because I uh, did the I just put in the search query. And uh, maybe we should have come up with that prior to us just announcing our merchandise that uh, the search query in tpublic.com has to be specific, because if you just put in pickleball, you're going to have to go through 180 shirts, possibly, I think. So there's that.
0: I will, uh, I'll put a link Ooh. in uh, at least the YouTube description. A direct one. Yeah. Yeah. The direct link. And if, if you just, uh, if you just hit, uh, if you, I'm sure if you just Google pickleball, no physical fitness required, I would bet.
1: Okay. okay. It's going
0: to, it's, it's going to come up for you, but Perfect. I'll have to see they, they had man. They had, when you look at different tags, they had pickleball, pickleball, man, pickleball, woman, like, you know, pickleball, not a sport. Like that we yeah. should tag.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so I think what we just did, we created a clear divide in our audience. Yeah. We created a red blue. Yeah. Right there. Um, and hey, that's fine. That's yeah. what uh you know philosophy uh is all about, right? Satire making you think a little bit harder. But uh <laughs> to <laughs> all those brain goals. <laughs> all those brave souls who want to don that shirt and walk through a uh community where people are uh just going bonkers over this one um have at it have at it
0: now here's a hypothetical for you james if uh an opex affiliate said they wanted to <laughs> open up they wanted to be called opex pickleball would they get the stamp of approval or the immediate ban for life have we <laughs> Issued against.
1: <laughs> we would we, we write like a public statement on the OPEX HQ website that said, we just had a letter come through from OPEX wherever. It's a license, by the way, not an affiliate. And they said uh, they were going to do that. And we uh, decided that in our best interest and for the policy of the company, um, we think it's best that they did not become an OPEX license. <clears throat> That's what it, we'd write a public statement.
0: We are officially shutting down the license program due to this yes. one request.
1: <laughs> we feel that there's going to be too many requests, so the whole thing is done.
0: And uh, for those of you maybe listening but not viewing, James has a body by Bacon T-shirt, and you can, uh, you can
1: get that one too.
0: You can okay. uh, you can stay tuned for more. Uh, we'll have a anti e bike shirt, you know, sports uh, that you We've know. We've only just begun. On. Would only just begun. Yeah,
1: only just begun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. But. See, uh see, We found the- our
1: game. We found our game. Fitness and philosophy does have. We do have something. Remember I was questioning that? Like, you know, what would be our merch? And what would get us, you know, uh, over 65 raving lunatic fans? Yeah. Um, I think it's this. I think we're moving into the merch land where, yeah. you know. <clears throat>
0: Unless you have a hot take, it's not, uh, you know, that that that's what it requires. Today. Right. Yeah.
1: Funny hey, if you,
0: if you guys, uh, we do have an email address, fitnessandphilosophy at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to take pictures of you, like, um, I don't know, putting random objects on a pickleball court in an act of protest or something like that, and you want to send it our way, we are, uh, join the resistance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're open to that. We love the, uh, we'll share that possibly, or even the conversation of it.
0: Make pickleball pick tennis again.
1: Yep, and uh, we'll we will also share all the hate mail.
0: <clears throat> Did I just come up with our next piece of merch? Make pickleball tennis again. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the ring to it that the. Uh...
1: Yeah, because it would have to be like you know mega, like make exercise great again, mega. Um, yeah
0: hmm well, it's, not, it's not gonna have the acronym to gonna, it but
1: yeah but we're gonna get that acronym yeah you give us give us some time
0: yeah yeah, give us- yeah it doesn't quite have the ring to it that the spray tan Mussolini's. is uh <laughs> does, but uh anyway I digress I digress
1: <laughs> oh we do we do uh so uh yeah how's it going over there
0: uh not too bad i uh was just in new york for a wedding and uh yeah i was mentioning to you earlier that uh you know we were discussing the subjectivity of aesthetic preferences at uh you know my favorite pizza is uh best
1: pizza in the world
0: best pizza in the world right yeah it's a 33 34 inch slice coronet pizza for anyone who's ever in new york with With a k K.
1: cornet
0: 110th and broadway um so yeah that was fun got to see family that was nice how are things in your neck of the woods
1: things are great over here uh i am going to new york um in a couple of weeks so uh i'll test out your pizza
0: um word of note having been to new york well lived there for five years and then pre-covid visited multiple times a year uh Everything smells like weed now, and of course, everyone was doing some form of that already. But like yeah. so ever since it's been legalized, if you just like walk down the street, uh-huh. it's like, it oh wow, it's, yeah, it's uh, not my cup of tea, but uh quite quite a few others. So people
1: interesting. Like well, my girls, my family have been inundated uh with that kind of stuff in different pockets in California, for example, where we where we've been. And uh, Colorado as well <clears throat> was like that Durango in some little pockets of Durango were like that. So they giggle at it. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if it's too much, then yeah.
0: To each their own, but man, just like even walking down the street, like, oof, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hits your yeah. in the face. So
1: how about, uh, how about, uh, your, your, uh, short stay consensus on, uh, just the city's vitality and its return post COVID and, because New York, New York's getting a lot of a uh, lot of unfortunate, um, yeah, a lot of unfortunate uh, finger pointing right now.
0: Yeah, it's de- definitely a mix. It's definitely a mix. Uh, a lot of places that had shuttered during COVID that used to be there, some that have opened back up again. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say I'd say it was a very very mixed bag. That's kind okay. of what I that's what I would say compared to, but I mean, New York always goes through these, uh, like when my mom lived there in the seventies, like it was, you know, essentially Gosh. like, a, like a hellscape. Yeah. So, and then when I was there for college, it was, you know, I mean, still bad stuff, but nowhere near as bad. So I think it just kind of goes through these ebbs and flows. But
1: mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, ne- New York needs to be, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, it needs to be a, a big beacon of, you know uh identity for the u.s and and how it works and how it operates the big you know metropolis within this uh you know democratic society over in in the western world i think it needs to uh needs to survive needs to be effective
0: yeah (laughs) i I think as place that uh you encounter different cultures languages traditions modes of thought like yeah it's still that to to a t yeah and you know of course the uh the one side of the aisle will argue well you know babylon has fallen and that's why it's decrepit and all the other stuff and then other people will point to well no that's you know you get the melting pot and so that's right, um,
1: that's right.
0: so yeah i, I think yeah. that perspective is still mm. quite nice as opposed to uh indiana where it's like uh you know they're surprised if they see someone with a hijab yeah you know, yeah like that that type thing so
1: yeah Yeah, anyhow, we're uh, excited for that too. Um, That's one thing my uh, girls probably haven't seen is uh, um, anyways in in North America, because they've been to uh, parts of uh, big cities in Spain, uh, London. Um, So they got to see whatever, quote unquote, diversity, but uh, diversity on our side, it's probably not as big as it would be um, with regards to what they're going to see in New York. So I look forward to that.
0: (laughs) I hope you guys have a great time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thanks. All righty. Today uh, we are going to solve the mind body problem. Yeah, once and for all. Yeah. <clears throat> once and for all.
0: Philosophers so have many, been
1: so many of these people have made attempts just haven't taken the right right angle at it.
0: A couple thousand years we're going to fix in 90 minutes. That I
1: mean that's that's the thing today, right? Yeah, yeah. You know... Well, you ironically uh ask it as the last question, you know. Are those who engage in physical fitness smarter or well adjusted? I mean, this is the this is why we will answer this one today because we are such you know uh, magnificent physical specimens who've who've been through the process. Yeah, <clears throat> that has created a new level of transcendence.
0: Yeah. Although part of the reason I asked that question, I am sure we'll get to that, is because literally some of the smartest people I've ever met, both in grad school and in other contexts, are like. It's like they're almost actively trying to destroy their smoking, drink. you know, I was staying up all the hours of the night, couldn't yeah. pick up a dumbbell, you know, so yeah. like, you know, you always ask that question, like, well, would they be if they, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh,
1: yeah, no, I'm good. I'm glad you go that realm too. It's a, it's an observation I have made and I do have some thoughts on, uh, on that.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. So today we're going to discuss personal. And the last
1: time, sorry, Rob, the last time, because okay. I think I'm going to have to pee um, in a while. The last time when I paused and came, did I pause and come back last time? I think so. Yeah. And that, is that caused problems with the recording? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Well, let me do it right now and then uh, we'll start again in a second. Okay.
0: All right. So today we are going to talk about personal identity and the mind body problem to a certain extent. Now I think personal identity is a bit more relevant for what we're trying to do than the mind body problem. And we'll talk about this a bit more down below, but the mind body problem only really exists. in so far as you, uh, I mean, I suppose some could, there's always some that could argue otherwise, but generally speaking, it arises when you conceive of the mind or the soul as some sort of immaterial substance that, you know, goes beyond the brain, whether it's a soul or mind or what have you, uh, and how that relates to the body. Now, seeing as we're presumably in the context of what we're talking about, talking more in kind of a physicalist realm or uh, uh, that less of a problem, but, but questions of personal identity and who are we and um, you know, what can fitness show us about ourselves? Um, We know that engaging in physical fitness affects mood and memory if memory is a criteria of you know personal identity, could engaging in physical fitness, you know, um, contribute to us being us longer throughout our lives or living a larger life. Um, so th- those are the kinds of kinds of questions we'll we'll get to. So um just to give a little philosophical intro, um, yeah, this is probably one of the central philosophical questions that's been asked, uh, you know, thinking back to you know, Plato talking about the uh, the charioteer who has to, you know, that's the rational part of us. And then, you know, the uh, horse that kind of, you know, is trying to, uh, you know, go everywhere, whether that be the emotions or the passions or what have you. And the charioteer is trying to keep the horse in line or Locke, John Locke talking about uh, how personal identity consists in continuity of of memory or psychology like throughout one's life and to the extent that's there you are the same person to the extent it's not it's not it's a pretty it's a pretty famous philosophical problem so there are a number of
1: different what do you uh, think were what do you think were uh possibly some of the conversations going on you know prior to greek times or what are you know um what do you think was happening you know uh for those philosophers around the campfire in. Uh, you know, do you think they uh, stepped into that area or that category with, you know, with regards to what we know in terms of their, you know, what they knew at the time and observing things and thinking that like lightning was a deity or that there was, you know, mama nature was mad or something at you, you know, so any, uh, do you think it was kind of similar up until those, those uh, philosophers started to ask some of those questions?
0: I personally do. I mean, I, you know, this is probably arm armchair history on, on my part, but uh, I, you know... Yeah, that's I think, what I was
1: asking for, really, is...
0: I mean, I think to the extent that we're us, I mean, this was all born out of, like, questions that humans have probably always asked about, like, what sort of thing am I? How do I connect to nature? What makes me different? You know, humans have always been fascinated by like you know the bear acts like this and the duck acts like this and like what makes me different from the bear and the duck and there's a lot of similarities and like who who am I and then I was really interested in these things as a kid uh you know toys and goofing off and playing around but I didn't have any you know romantic interests at the time but you know you know what I mean like all these things about who you are change and progress throughout time and how are you the same person that you were then but you have all these different things now so I, I yeah i i personally believe the proto versions of these questions have been asked for a very long time
1: yeah i i as you were speaking about it, i thought of, have you seen space odyssey i haven't no oh okay so uh, yeah the, the way they go about that in you know kind of this back and forth between this future i think it was in 2000 yeah the year 2000 or 2010 or two something like the 2100 i forget i apologize Uh but uh, yeah, they were, they they had the, you know, the classic standing, you know, uh, gorillas, chimpanzees, bonobos, you know, standing up, like doing this back and forth grunting around this object, but doing that same kind of thing, right? Like, you know, um, you could actually see it with the way they put it together. They're doing these this questioning of like, is there something more than just me? Or like what I'm, what I'm actually seeing right now is that, is there, is that connected to anything other than just me? You know, um, anyways, I just, I just thought that that, cause we generally all, all we generally, the conversation just because of historical reference or, you know, literature or connection to that, we generally start there, right. With like who, who initially asked that question and uh, like you did. And, um, uh, but I always think, you know, what was embedded there to those people prior to that time, you know, Yeah, and uh yeah so
0: yeah absolutely like who i mean all different traditions have had different sorts of myths about you know and by myth i don't you know there's the colloquial version of like fake story i I don't mean that person i don't mean in pejorative sense i mean like um framework understand good things so like who was i before i existed who will i be after my physical body ceases to exist is is my physical body all that constitutes me
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading about that of, uh, on a timeline documentary, which is a really good one actually about the, uh, I've been indirectly, you know, subset interest, uh, because of my antique trove connection, um, to the, uh, Native Americans and, uh, the, the history of that. Right. And, um, there's groups in, um, uh, you know, as today's Mexico, southern U.S. area and uh, what they described at that point in time for what these archaeologists and historians recognize was a creation story. Right. Uh, and in embedded in that was this, you know, indirectly, this not necessarily a problem, but it, it was it, it was it was there. Right. This conversation was happening, you know, right. to your point of, you know, you know, uh you know looking back more than 25,000 years ago you know of like bur- burials right and uh anyways i was wondering if any of those point in time those individuals were thinking things like well if this quote unquote soul exists then is it possible you know that uh it could existed before i actually am present You know, because they they saw babies being born and they're like, oh, babies up. Oh, now they're thinking the same things I am. And then this process is happening. Right. Right. So uh, I always think that they were thinking about those kind of things, you know, and then they started connecting to like, oh, then it probably it probably did exist before I was born. And now I am just a, you know, quote unquote, meat sack living with it. And then after it's still there. And they, they thought, well, most thought that it was still there, right? Because of, you know, what they did for burials and and uh, something more than just the preservation of the material items, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, certainly in, you know, quote unquote, Eastern religions, I mean, the, the notion of yes. history being, you know, circular and reincarnation and things like yeah. that. yeah. Uh, um as opposed to you know again quote unquote rest western traditions where it's a bit more linear we're like oh your soul's up there it comes down here for a bit and then it like goes back up and it's just kind yeah. of there but yeah um and uh you know a mentor of mine from from college uh neil gilman he uh he was a big you know uh mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a Joseph Campbell, in terms of being—I mean, not that level, of course—but like in terms of like being interested in the notion of myth, and again, not not this idea of like a fake story, but like ways that different cultures and people tried to make sense of their world and their existence of like the subjective experiences that they were having, and wondering like, how does this all play together? How are we all connected? How how is myself different from yourself and you know, animal selves and you know, what happens to elders when they pass away? Are they, are they, you know, when I, when I hear things from, you know, the elders, is that just my mind, uh, you know, remembering things that they said, is that, you know, them talking to us from the beyond? I mean, I I think it's all part of a project in one way or another of trying to just like make sense and understand what is going on in the world.
1: Yeah. Or is it just genes, you know, and lineage being passed on, Uh, We know that that's uh, actually a material item thing that we see in individuals, right? This pass on in progeny of particular things that make you similar in characteristics to the previous lineage, like my great, great, great grandparents. I'm sure there was characteristics within them that I still have, right? That's those material things. So, you know, there is it possible that that is actually, you know, a chemistry soup that's still there. That comes up because it's in my lineage, you know, I think the the other thing I struggle with on it is um, what we talked about on the pre call, but I'll make sure people recognize the depth of that is the is the unquestionable uniqueness of every human being. I mean, that that, like the DNA uniqueness of every human being, um, the character and the experiences of a life of every human being that 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 thing just kind of like it it makes it very difficult right it makes it very difficult to to see similarities amongst this amongst this uh, this problem you know um i just find it i just find it very challenging when i see the how, how unique that that one person is and to see to my kids like i mean that's that's a real hard punch in the face right where you can see pieces of yourself in them right but at the same time See that this person, Chloe, I'll use my daughter, um, has never been experienced. Right. That's that, to me. That's like tr- that's hurts my mind. You know, hurts. Oh, yeah, my, hurts my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, hurts. Hurts my mind grapes. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, yeah, it, it's almost it's almost a paradox of sorts where it's like there are you know. And this is what philosophy tries to solve or tease out. It's like, on the one hand, there are these tremendous similarities among cultures and people about, you know, empathy and anger and, uh, you know, all these different emotions that we go through. And, you know, when you study history, all these different things that seem similar and then how similar we can be to our parents and our siblings and our friends. And then on the other hand, just like you were saying, just how, you know, incredibly unique we can all be in the sense that no one is ever really like anyone else from something as physical as a fingerprint to something as complex as you know psychology and experience and things like that so it really is yeah it's kind of a yeah it's it's almost a paradox it's 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 uh very interesting but also confusing
1: yeah yeah you put it really well there thank you but those are the things i think about
0: yeah, and I think, I mean, those are all part of the the project here. And, um, you know, with with this personal identity question, it's not so much that there's one question per se. There's lots of different questions that kind of circle each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so one question would be, you know, who am I? What makes me me as opposed to someone or something else? Am I my body? Am I my thoughts? Am I my continuous consciousness? Um, you know, different philosophers have different answers to this, um, you know, clearly our bodies, thoughts and consciousness change throughout life. So what, uh, makes us, us over time? Um, how do we, you know, stay the same, but, e- but even if you, uh, we'll talk about the persistence over time question in just a second, but like, even aside from that question, it's like, well, am I just my brain? Am I just my brain attached to my body? Um, is there something immaterial that goes beyond that is it just you know the psychology that can connect me to my my um my memories from preschool and if i lose that or get alzheimer's does that cease to be me so those those types of questions
1: yeah gosh uh yeah i, I think i think uh yeah that th- you made really made me think hard there with um The changing experiences in one's life right um and uh i just put some words to it saying that maybe you are only you at the summation of all your experiences Mm. you know it's it's the it's the and and then there's another problem (laughs) so you are not you at 32 but you're only you when you're finished the entire thing you know what I mean, that, that's that's you. That's your definition of you. Right. That's who you are. Um, I also think about because I went through this personally, um, a major this is, you know, i've told the story a thousand times, but a major transition in my uh, luckily, I'm very grateful for this situation. But a major transition in my life happened when I was 18. And at to use your point up until I was 18, uh, I thought my identity was an athlete. right? I wasn't I never gave it even a couple of percentage points around young James Fitzgerald, right? so, and then this is this why the why I think the story is good for me to consistently share that with people is that if all you hang on to is a false identity, and then it's taken away then all of a sudden now you have to contend with this real challenging question, you know, who, re- who really are you right you know, And what is left when that, when that is there. And I, I was very fortunate to have uh, a great home upbringing, you know, thought some good, I'm not going to, I don't know what happened there, but uh, I was able to get through that. Um, and it certainly helped me, you know, recognize that question. Uh, And that's why I remember, I don't know if you remember the knowledge series I had, where I called it, You Are Not An Athlete. But I called it that because a lot of people have problems with that, of of really taking on this responsibility of, like, you know, uh, Robbie is Robbie. You know, Robbie's not a philosopher. Robbie doesn't want to grow up to be a philosopher. No, he wants to grow up to be a better version of Robbie. You know, that's who he is. Right. And then to my point there, I think it's a summation of all of Robbie's experiences that really adds up to being like who Robbie is. Robbie does philosophy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's uh that's just things I think about for uh the identity and the summation of those. those.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's a number of really interesting points. I mean, to address your first point, I mean, that that is an interesting take on it that almost solves the persistence over time question, essentially, because it says, well, you really aren't you over, you know, all these different, I mean, you, you may be in levels, maybe you're 1% you and then 2% you, and then you kind of, you know, it's only at the end of things that you become fully, fully you, but in, in that view of personal identity, it's more um, you is like something to be eventually self-actualized less. So something that you are throughout fully throughout time. Yeah. You know, the problem of persistence over time really comes about if we assume something like, you are fully you at four and 12 and 28 and stuff like that. But if we take that implicit assumption away and say that you are building towards whatever you are, um, you know, fully, maybe at the end of your life, that's a very different thing.
1: Yeah. And I like, of course, I excited about using the word fully because that's the um, I think about potential and the concept of potential. And that will tie into your point that we'll get to later around, you know, that thing we always saw in those really, uh, unbelievable, uh, intellectually wise humans, right? Even my, one of my mentors anyways in my life was like that. Right. Um, and, but, and, and what the tie in there is, um, there's always that question. Are you fully you, if you haven't really, uh, worked towards or flirted towards your highest potential in multiple arenas, not just thought, right? So this is the, you Know, uh, this won't answer our question on like, oh, you know, was uh, if Christopher Hitchens, you know, didn't drink as much and, and did a couple of lunges, there would have been <laughs> something extra to push everyone, everyone uh, of the <laughs> religious zealots against him <laughs> over the edge. Uh, I don't know, but uh, but uh, you know, we, we could have the this, we could at, at least, uh, you know, have the discussion of the physical potential maximization, right. And, uh, and how that does tie into this, to the cognition support and, uh, and where we can kind of meet the road on that. I think there is something in there.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I, you know, I will, we'll talk about this as well with the physical fitness connection, but this idea of like, and we've used this metaphor before, but like, you know, you running up against reality and physical fitness, kind of carving out who you are and like figuring out who you are as you do these repeated experiments and like, oh, can I do a pull up or can I do this? And like, um, you know, who, who am I in terms of my effort and my desire and my goals and things like that? um, you know, that, that is something that you kind of, um, come up against in those, in those moments. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're, and you're hitting on a point I just made yesterday in terms of learning. And this is the difference that I see it anyways, in terms of learning versus the same thing you could go about it with regards to like treating yourself like a piece of shit with poor food and doing nothing and then exercise. It's not the same. And people think it is the same where they're like, and hopefully I can explain this clearly. I gave it in a concept of belief, right? So. You know, my argument was that, you know, if you read like 24 different versions of let's just call it unbelievers, right, 24 different versions of unbelievers from people who really thought hard about this, right, done their research. And then there's 24 books on believers, right, or belief, right. And you put them side by side and you take lots of time without any biases, but an open mind to go through each of them. My argument was at the top end of that, I think your cognitive function is at a higher rate. So let's bring it over to the physical area meaning meaning you still didn't like find an answer or become certain but you certainly have if i'm making sense a really deep understanding of both sides of the conversation right so you're getting to see it in a much more deeper realm right with an open mind whereas over here people think in the physical realm it's the same thing you know i'll do some lunges and eat some broccoli and then 50 other percent of the time I'll drink a whole lot of shitty alcohol and treat myself like a piece of shit and do drugs. And then, Oh no, then I'll balance it out on Monday with a couple of good meals and some good thoughts and write a good article. And then I'll just go on a bender for two. You see what I'm saying? And people think in the physical realm, this is the same way you do it. Oh, you need to play both sides of the fence and that's will eventually grow you. It's not the same. It actually, this actually works you back, you know? So it's not the same as this over here. So in the cognitive realm, it allows you to actually build, right? Because you get to build, like we mentioned earlier, pre-call on these consolidations of memories and these things that work back and forth. And, and now you have this cognitive function happening and your brain is capable of doing that. Whereas over here, this actually just wears down the brain. It, it puts it further back. So I'm not sure if that made sense of, to in terms of the, like the potential thing, right? The p- cognitive potential versus physical potential And people just go about the physical potential, just ass backwards, in my opinion, as opposed to how we all agree, this is how you go about reaching your highest cognitive potential. And this is the, again, body, (laughs) brain, or sorry, body-mind thing that I find so fascinating.
0: No, that's super, yeah, that's super interesting way to think about the, you know, disanalogy or dissimilarity between the two where you're saying like, On the one hand, you know, with the mind, you can essentially sharpen it by kind of experiencing both back and forth and trying to uh, understand what's common to the two. Whereas you're saying in the physical realm, you know, uh, two cheat days in a row or going on a bender, you know, after you do broccoli and some lunges on a repeated basis is, you know, quite literally, I mean, objectively, scientifically, you know, destroying your brain and, and, and your thoughts, you know, like this is this is one of the things we'll get into with like dualism and stuff like that is, you know, of course, if you think the mind is a separate substance, that's not affected by the body, then this is less of an issue. But of course, as, as we know, (laughs) like biology, uh, you know, uh, the brain is very much impacted by oxidative stress and blood sugar fluctuations and exposure to, uh, you know, aerobic activity and, and things like that. So,
1: yeah. And connects and changes your thoughts. Yeah. You know, we know this with regards to, uh, you know, the extreme ends of it with depression or, uh, anxiety, you know, Um, even without any drug interventions whatsoever, you know, people will just say like, these are the things that I'm thinking about, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden they eat broccoli and not Doritos and it goes away. Right. And bacon.
0: Yeah. Body by bacon. (laughs) Uh, One other thing I was thinking of with the, who am I question related to what you were saying earlier that I think is relevant and, you know, something that we can think about and discuss, Uh, as well uh, is this notion of we've we've talked about luck before to a certain extent but this notion of whether it's an injury or a car crash you know i mean like these things that you know i I suppose there are some who within their framework would say you know that's that's not the framework i'm referencing of like well this was divinely planned or something like that but all, all these things that like you know are really matters of luck but end up defining a lot of who you are right like Uh, you know, these things that really are, you know, a matter of like, uh, you happen to be at this place at this particular time. And then that changed your conception of like, being an athlete to being such and such person or, you know, wanting to do this for your career versus that or wanting to marry such and such person versus another person. It's, it's interesting how much those types of experiences can really kind of carve out or um, influence who you are when in reality, like, a lot of them really are just a matter of Look now, I'm, there. I mean, like the actual occurrence itself, and how you respond to it is is a different thing. But yeah, just... and
1: that's why I that's why I, I you know, um, careful to use the word gratitude, right? Because I I recognize that I'm grateful for that experience, um, but, uh, you know, those hundreds of people that just died over the past couple of days with Mother Nature slamming down on Florida, you know, they're dead, right. You know, so, yeah, luck. Yeah. So, yeah, luck can teach you things. That's why I talk about gratitude for it, because, yeah, I'm totally, totally in agreement with you on the language around it. Um, and, yeah, that did teach me a whole lot about my character, by all means. Like, it actually transformed me into a different human. Um, and this connects into the body and what's being expressed from that. Right. My thoughts yeah. changed my my life's purpose changed everything changed right it actually was that I think there's lots of conversation over time in terms of like well what were the actual biological things right that's that's fairly interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, there's been there's been a few people who went down that road um forget what his name is uh uh biology of belief I think was it was the uh, yeah 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 so you know he tiptoes into some of that right which is kind of good and A lot of it didn't grasp, you know, because it's a, it's a little scary for some people to, to contemplate, but anyways, yeah. Uh, Thanks for bringing that up.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, So some other questions that will kind of, you know, relate to some of the things we'll discuss, what is it to be a person versus a non-person? So to a non-philosopher, this may be like, wait, what person just like when we say it's like growing up, I used to be confused by the term, like the terms world and earth, like are mm. they the same? um and for the most part they are but you can use them differently but person versus human so person um in philosophy has a lot more to do with like any particular like rights or duties or morality or free will that we might have and you know there are arguments about well can a can a vegetable does the vegetable have personhood right a, a, a human vegetable so someone who uh you know uh no longer has consciousness you know these are questions about you know uh, fetus or people with special needs or things like that so you know what is it that makes a human different from a rock or a human different from a bear um you know could any of the following qualify as persons and these are actual like like questions today like in animal ethics so animals you know uh sci-fi could robots be persons if they have consciousness uh if we were to ever meet uh, aliens uh, and then what rights and duties come along with, uh, with that as a well, as well. So just this question of like, uh, what, what makes it such that we are even persons versus non-persons. So, uh, the persistence question, which we've touched on a little bit and, you know, the uh,
1: earth world for, I just wanted to make mention that I find, I, I wrote it down because I find that fascinating contemplation of the earth versus world, uh, I think I know where you were like, wow, you know, I, I thought about that a lot. Um, I mean, that's what you said. And I, I, I'm just saying that I, I could see how that could be a really, uh, I could see why you're a philosopher. Hard <laughs> and hard. It's like, who What child thinks about that? Oh yeah. No, but I, but I, yeah. I do, I do now that you said, it, it's like, wow, really? Cause uh, you know, when I, when I, when I hear the word world, it's like, is it my world? And am I, am I this, where do I fit into that world versus the actual, you know, the, the physics that I know around the spinning of the earth, you know, like that, 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 yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That's big. Anyways. Yeah.
0: No, and that was definitely something I thought about growing up. I can also remember another one that kind of makes that connects to like functional health and things like that. I was biking with my dad in Huntington beach Um and uh, I don't know, I must have been nine, 10, something like that, maybe, maybe 11. And I had recently been sick, and we were talking about different medicines and stuff like that. And he was like, You realize things like Triminic and all these other things, like they don't actually fix the issue, right? They just are there for the symptoms. And I'm like, If the inception sound had been around then, it's like, <laughs> uh,
1: wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, <laughs> rain pouring down like the you're looking up seeing yourself on a bike yeah
0: <laughs> like if, if that wasn't a proto like uh everything that was to come in the future of like
1: i could just see you on the sand slowly going <laughs> off into the sand off the trail <laughs> slowly on the side of your bike
0: mind melting i was like wait what
1: <laughs> oh uh, wow what a powerful statement
0: yeah, and I just uh, yeah, if that wasn't to influence everything to come, I, I don't know what was.: Also,
1: but, to bring up triaminic. Oh my gosh. what yeah. reason did we put it in ourselves?
0: Yeah, cherry triaminic. Oh, I, I grew cherry. up That, 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 that was uh, yeah, it was actually a favorite flavor. I remember growing up, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, Cherry. Oh dude, that's a unique taste. Yeah. They should put that into candy. Called it Cherry Triaminic. They should. They should it, you know, Cherry Tea, uh, Slushies at 7-Eleven. They should do that today. There'd be a ton of adults be like, I recognize that taste.
0: Right? Oh, yeah. Put I would go the-
1: after that taste twice a week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Gosh. Like Cobra Kai, but for Slushies. <laughs> Hit that nostalgia <laughs> button. Smash that like button. Smash, smash, smash.
1: <laughs> oh... Oh, that's good you're on fire today oh thank you
0: yeah no i'm having a a good time with this discussion um there's the persistence question which we talked about a little bit before um how do we and and this i would say is probably one of the this is this is like uh aside from the mind body problem this is like the question when we talk about personal identity this is kind of like the question that most people discuss in philosophy, how do we persist over time? And this, could this continue could this persistence continue beyond our physical bodies? So, you know, whether you think about it in terms of our physical bodies or our brains or continuity of thought, there's always an issue. So if you think, Oh, well, we're just identical with our bodies. Well, every single cell in seven to 10 years is no longer, you know, whatever the time domain is yeah. there, there is a yeah. time domain that we've yeah. it's discovered in biology that says like, Hey, these are literally no longer the same cells. Now you could say, well, it's the DNA and, you know, all the questions there or like, uh, you know, our consciousness that changes. And then, you know, ancient questions that came up with regard to this, there was, you know, religious questions of, do we exist before birth? And do we survive death? You know, Socrates and the, uh, the Phaedo and obviously major monotheistic religions. And then, Perhaps for the first time human, well, no, I mean, certainly for the first time in human history, assuming it's possible, there are the real questions that we are now facing maybe the next hundred years of like, is there digital immortality? Can can who we are be uploaded to, you know, a computer? Yeah. yeah. I, I can see your uh, love for the idea beaming through as I,
1: as I say no. It. no, I'm actually, I, I wrote down cell death. And I think that says so much. I think, personally, I think that's what, um, and I'm empathetic to this to the strain. <laughs> I, I see, I sense it's a strain for people to make certainty of that question, right? Of did we exist before and do we exist after? Because, uh, you know, death is, death is, uh, yeah, death is a big problem. <laughs> um and i think that's where it uh you know and if you don't think it's a big problem listen there's people that have written a lot for thousands of years i think focused on that big problem like you said i agree with you the persistence problem is the problem right uh and yeah i don't know i just i i just my brain just there's so much in in that one right of cell death and some of those things that are right in front of us and with uh, the advent of the microscope and the advent of the telescope there's there's things that just like it makes it it makes it even more strenuous for you to come up with an answer to that persistence problem like it's right. it, I, I don't know i without even using like uh you know the concept of mediums or the or the thought process of karma or the thought process of of reincarnation, like. Without even going there, it's just it's just so difficult, right? But, but at the same time, I know why. Uh, I know why. I sense why. Anyways, why we want to have that connectivity, right? We want to have that continued persistence, right? Because death is, um, yeah, man. I lost my mom a couple of years ago. I lost some people that are around me as friends when I was younger. Uh, I get it. I get it and it's you really want to have some certainty in that connection and that persistence yeah it's it's deep so i agree with you that's a really challenging one um you have in there uh ship of theseus did i say that correctly
0: yeah ship of theseus so um do you guys watch any of the marvel shows or not really uh like, well did you, watch, did you watch wandavision no they did a really good job with this With, uh, okay. with it, where they had uh, I don't know if you know who Vision is from uh, the Avengers and the comics, but they did a whole big thing on the ship of Theseus and who is who. But Anyway, the, okay. the, so the ship, ship of Theseus it's a famous philosophical problem that goes all the way back to ancient times and it's basically, you know, you could do this we asked it with regard to a gym, you could do it with a ship you could pick anything you want. So like ship of Theseus uh, it's a ship it goes to sea over the course of, you know, take seven to 10 years or whatever time domain you like, every single year, a plank or a screw or a whatever is replaced and over whatever time domain you'd like, eventually, it is literally, quite literally no longer the same ship. Got it. But is it the
1: same ship? I got it. I understand so, that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, whether whether it's the, uh, so that's a famous, you know, persistence question that uh, they, uh, <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you a YouTube video where they do a breakdown of like the one division of discussion. It's, 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 it's very good, but basically it, it it relates to personal identity. It could relate to a gym and a community, right. Mm. You know, when it, when it has completely different members or completely mm. different coaches or completely different equipment, like what makes the thing, the thing, is there something yeah. that continues? Is there, is it the fact that like, there's a causal relation between the one and the other? Like, so,
1: yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, man, what a great concept and idea to write about yeah yeah right like holy cow that's genius um i'm reading a book right now called looking backward by edward bellamy it was written in 1888 but he proposes and he pushes the story forward to the year 2000 and he's going through that exact problem he was put under hypnosis in 1888 and lands after hypnosis in the same body state form just work with me here. It's a fictional story. In the year 2000, and wakes up and is now talking to someone about all the changes that occurred in 113 years, and asking all these questions. Right? Like, what did we do about labor? What did we do about this industry that was rising? What did we fascinating? And this was written in 1888. This guy is talking in 1888 about being in 2000 about credit cards, a, a communist socialist regime in place it's just like woof. anyways he he does go through a couple of pages of that that actual problem right he's the same thing but he you know what i'm saying but yeah. it's but he's not so he's like i'm having this real big excuse me i'm having this real big issue with to use your language the ship is it really the same ship right you know like oh man really really well done so gosh anyways kudos to the people who come up with those uh, those ideas holy and cow.
0: that's and that's one of the things where you know that that's one of the famous objections to the uh, to the physical view of personal identity like the purely physical view the few that would say we are just identical with our physical bodies is you very clearly in 7 to 10 years especially with what we know about biology you literally run into the ship of theseus problem so that's why right. i would say the vast majority of views on personal identity lean pretty heavily on um psychological continuity memory mm. some mm. sort of narrative being able to be drawn um one other thing i thought i'd mention here just because we were just dis- we were discussing we had been discussing it offline at a different point um and it's just interesting in this current realm um not to take us too far afield but just an interesting thought um you know we were you and i were texting back and forth about uh, the patagonia founder yes how he's making you know earth the largest shareholder and you know there can be different thoughts and opinions about whatever with relation to that but it just it made me think of um this notion of just um you know Steve Jobs and Apple or Disney and Disney like you know the the location of the business can change the the people in the business can change but to what extent can you keep you know clearly whatever else one thinks of what is being done there there's trying to be some um persistence of the the life the, the life force of what of what yeah. you know founded the company and uh-huh. that's kind of the interesting question of like to what extent can that persist when you eventually will quite literally have completely different people probably a completely different building like all yeah. those different things
1: yeah so. and that's where we probably shouldn't call it a life force we should just call it like a a culture maybe <laughs> you yeah. know so we don't anthropomorphize the you know, a- Apple is it because we could go back in time and show there are companies that were existed that were juggernauts that just like are gone. You know, but there but there's something that they still went through those. I th- I also thought about the um, I can't believe is only at this point. So again, I thank you for that. Uh, you know, if you know, and let's take into consideration a more monotone change in human development because you know i i do think to your to your point on the biological aspect of young humans small humans and their development i i do think that cell growth and death is at a is at a much different alarming and sometimes slowed rate within that period from zero to 20 years of age so it's just something to think about for is it seven to seven to ten years or from zero to two, you know, we know it's different, and two to four, there is some differences from eight to twelve. Actually, there's a significant difference. So, anyway, just take that into consideration. It's quite possible that we we have these eight decades of life in which we actually have eight different persons that we are. Right. And then, and then that's the sum, again, back to my point, that's the summary of you, right? But but it does make us think maybe you are you, you know, in that decade, that is you. You know what I'm saying? But because of what we know of, of cells uh, growing and dying, you actually are a different person, you know, of you um, every 10 years. That, anyways, it made me think about that, like breaking human, because I love that, you know, the concept of a full large life, right? And the And growing, peaking, resisting, in the full potential aspect, maybe there's eight blocks to it. So, anyways, you made me, you gave me some good things to think about there, and blocking that out even better in my story.
0: Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And another um, thing that made me think of within philosophy that we've touched on before, but probably we'll do an episode on, on in the future is uh, Thomas Kuhn, the structure of scientific revolutions. There's a there's a big discussion within philosophy of science, the extent to which uh, you know. The evolution from Aristotle to Newton to general relativity is like complete breaks, just like the concepts of space and time are just completely different in general relativity than they are in Newtonian physics, and so on and so forth. But there are others who plausibly argue, related to your point that you just made, is that these are very different systems, but they do, there's a continuity. You can draw a continuity between them. So, like, there is this um, connection between them. So, that is very interesting as well.
1: Yeah. Gosh, and I also think of, uh, you know, the the consolidation of skills, right, and the consolidation of things that build to the highest version of you per decade. You know, like, gosh, that's a great one too, right? So maybe a couple of less snapples and thirty-two inch pizzas, you know, on your fourth decade, Robbie, that could have been like a higher, higher version. You know. Oh yeah,
0: no, I, it, I you, I, you I totally... didn't
1: consolidate that. <laughs>
0: appropriately no i i totally agree with that and i will uh i would nietzsche was famous for saying would uh would you go back and do the exact same thing over and over and over again and 100 i'll I'll take the extra decade off my life for the uh cornet pizzas and snapples in uh, in college yes likewise Uh, Likewise. and then uh one other question sorry So one other really relevant question uh, on personal identity and kind of the mind-body problem that uh, we can mention before we kind of hit into the fitness and personal identity stuff is, um, what am I? So we talked about who am I before. Now we can talk about what am I? So what sort of thing or entity am I? Now, you know, pretty much everyone, at least in the English-speaking word, I'm, I'm assuming, have heard, you know, the phrase like, oh, animal, vegetable, or mineral. Uh, right. So, something to that effect. Uh, in philosophy, the three main candidates, typically there's some would say there are others, but substance, property, relation, like ontologically, when we talk about like what sorts of things are there in the world, substance being like a thing, a thing that like persists, you know, a bookshelf can either have snow on it or rain on it or what have you, but it's still a bookshelf. And then there's a property, you know, like brown or tall uh, or or, you know, uh, things like that. And then there's a relation like uh, so many feet from or existing in this temporal place or taller than or things like that. So, you know, to give you like, you know, to give people a, a brief intro to when we think about, you know, is space a substance, a property or a relation? Are humans substance properties or relations? Those are the things we're thinking about. So the main candidates here typically for what sort of entity we are, are the following. So material would be like, we are animals or biological organisms, just the whole entity, the human animal. Uh, That that's what we consist in. Uh, Another candidate would be, well, no, who we really are is like, "Eh, no, I'm not my arm. Like I have an arm, but I'm not my arm. Like it's my brain. Like now, now we know, like, and there were previous cultures that didn't know enough that would say like, oh, well, I'm my heart and you know, other things like that. But really I'm, my brain, like uh, there's that famous, you know, unfortunate situation in the eighteen hundreds where the dude gets like the rail through his head, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. and a completely different person's like, nah, you can do that through the arm and like it's gonna suck. Yeah, <laughs> you're still you're still you.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so we we have we have pretty darn good, you know, we don't know if a brain can exist in a bat. We don't know if your consciousness can be uploaded to AI or what have you, but we do know that if you like shut off certain parts of the brain. Or mess with them it messes with who you are we do know that
1: Mm -hmm. uh
0: there's the immaterial candidates so for you know i would say at least in the history of you know western philosophy this has been and religion this has been the central candidate where either minds or eternal souls or some combination of the two you know the mind and the soul together and whether this is cartesian dualism or you know christian soul and body this is where the mind body problem arises um you know and the problem is, if we are who we truly are uh, as immaterial souls, how do those immaterial things that don't have spatial extension, temporal extension, parts don't decompose? How does that then interact with the body? And conversely, which we all know, uh, even before the scientific revolution, like, how is it that when you exercise or eat good food, well, that makes you feel better and think better thoughts and and things, things like that. So... Um, and then other candidates would be, we're just bundles of perceptions, collections of memories that could exist in other material form, whether it's a brain or computer or a mind or a soul. And then, you know, some really, you know, nihilistic ones that are kind of like, well, it's all just an illusion, you know, Buddhism, Wittgenstein, other, other different things. So those are some of the, the candidates there for like, what am I?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have nothing to add on that besides of you just bringing up uh, a really clear and eloquent description of um, you know just said in a way that makes a lot of sense to me in terms of the struggles that people have between trying to connect that thing you know because it because like you said this is what I heard from it the immaterial things just are not are not under the same definition as to what you're calling these other things so it's like well how do you how do you have your cake and eat it too right it's like it's tough to tough to figure that out um but again i i i do understand why there's lots of uh connection you know to that or or let's should I say wanting to make it that way (laughs) you know right i understand Uh, that
0: yeah and i i guess two things to say there one would be just funny historical, interesting thing. Descartes thought the uh, locus of this was the pineal gland. Yeah, that, like the uh, right. the mind kind of
1: entered little, the body. Little uh, person inside with all the
0: little homunculus. Yeah, driving the ship. Um, and I guess the second thing is just to say what we've, you know, what you and I have said before on this uh, show, which is like, okay, I'm I'm open to it. You know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. We're gonna stick to the biology side and the fitness side for now and say like, Hey, you know, this gives us insight into, uh, you know, brain functioning and consciousness and stuff like that on the physical side If you know, if there's sufficient evidence to show otherwise, cool. We're open to it. We're not, we're not opposed to it. But, uh, as far as we can tell from available evidence, it seems as though a, uh, the locus of who we are is this thing right here and it's directly by this thing right here. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. The, uh, you know, I've got some. Uh, I've got some good readings as a start, as a base support on that too. Um, uh, the archaeology of mind. um there's a. I think it's called no, or the architecture of mind. I apologize. We'll put it in the notes I'll get it for you after, but that's a good uh, starting point on it um, because it does connect with those same issues, just on a much more deeper level in the in the animal realm. So he connects the whole animal connection and talks about thoughts of that animal versus thoughts of the human and, you know, the connections and going back in time and et cetera. And anyways, way of rummaging around that big, that big, uh, uh big question. So
0: yeah that's super interesting and you know i I forget the exact percentage but what is it like we're 98 98 or 98 99 percent genetically similar to chimpanzees so like this one percent is like culture philosophy literature civilization buildings yeah
1: yeah it's like it uh and you're you're hitting on a point there that maybe it's just i'm proposing a question for your thoughts on it to do an armchair uh future uh perspective but like with so, with so much at an alarming rate of because when you, when you combine these, these uh, technological things, you know, uh, of, of investigation as to, as to what we are, right. And you connect that to a digital platform, right. With speed of computation and the understanding, et cetera. You can understand why people are now trying to say, well, that's the future. It's the connection of those two, right? Like it'll eventually end up there. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, not because of my demise and hatred for fantasy media, but more so for, I just don't know if we as we as humans over time, and this is the question I'm asking, what are we going to do when more and more of these uh what we are becomes like such such strong evidence like it's it's just strong evidence you can't look away from you know what i mean i don't know or do you feel that we are there that it's like it's all right there and and it's like the evidence is pretty i don't know like you just said we always say this now right it's like listen we're up we're open to conversation Yeah, (laughs) love the conversation yeah. You no. Know? But but when will it when will it become are you, you get what I'm saying? Do you have a future like will it get to the point possibly outside of our lifetime where it's a consensus agreement from so much digital versus technological connection to like to, to the material and these definitions of substance, property, and relation to be like, listen, um this is what we got going on. <laughs> this is what Maybe. you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, this is what you are. Yeah.
0: I, don't, I mean, may, maybe, you know, this is where uh, to get more viewers, I could give a hot take. That's a prediction, but that's n- besides nothing besides just pulling it out of my ass. I, I, I don't know. I, I really, I don't, I don't know. I I think there's a tremendous frontier ahead of us where we get to learn more and more about who we are. Um, you know, I still think there's a very large gap. There's a very large gap Um you know, Maybe, it's, and again, maybe this is a question for philosophy too, that we always ask about like, well, is it in principle a gap or is it just, you know, it could be solved over time, but there's a huge gap between like who we are as people and the materialistic understanding or the physical understanding of, you know, science and nature. And maybe that can be bridged, you know, maybe, maybe we will get to a point where it's like, oh you know the reason uh james reacted to his injury in such and such a way was because this molecule you know what i mean like who knows maybe maybe they maybe they can but uh yeah i right right now there's there's a big old gap there's a big old gap in kind of that understanding and uh, truth is i don't know i don't know if it's an in-principle one that just can't be answered by physical or scientific means or if it's uh we just haven't seen it yet so i don't know
1: yeah yeah i i i think it Yeah, I I lean more on the side of, like, just when there's, you know what I mean? Because there's just, let's put in two camps, there's just so, so much of the material stuff just building and building and building, right? But there's not as much of the evidence for immaterial building and building and building alongside of it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see a lot of strain inside of the immaterial concepts to be like, and I understand why there's lots of great shit in that, you know? Right. But you see what I'm saying? So I, I see it as like, I just don't see it as a timeline in my life anyways, um, for there to be a consensus on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, you know, so I, and I can see the argument from both sides. The argument of the immaterial people would be, well, of course, by definition, the, you know, the scientific project is set up in such a way that it's observable, repeatable material evidence, things that you can see, hear, touch, taste, you know, detect with a detector. And then you know the counter-argument back is well, the argument nine times out of ten for the immaterial stuff is well, we don't understand enough or doesn't make sense. It's like, well, maybe, maybe, yeah. but I'd, I'd like something. Maybe over
1: time we can. That's yeah. my point. Right. It's like, yeah. well, how much do you how much do you need,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Like uh an argument from uh like we can't figure it out therefore it must be a soul or therefore it must be God or there must be, a, you know, therefore it must be the stars controlling our life. I'd like a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. That's- and that's my point because that argument has been made for 150 years and now in 2022, it's a little bit more questionable. So that's what I'm saying. If we keep this time going out as technology and digitization and computation improves, I mean, I can't see it going to, to your point, I can't see it going to six out of a 10 all of a sudden, (laughs) you know, it's like, Oh, you know, but I don't
0: know. I mean, think about for like, literally all of human history, all of human history, like aside from maybe some random guesses here and there of things that were proto evolutionary concepts, like people had a hard time fathoming, like, you know, how could this, uh, clock or watch of a, you know, brain come about with, you know, just how could it not be top down? It's yeah. got to be top down, right? It, it can't be bottom up. And then Darwin is like, oh, well, ah, complexity can come, come from simplicity. So it's like, you know, s- stuff like that. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. Literally for all of human history, people were like, nah, nah. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, so it, it's interesting.
1: It is interesting.
0: It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. That's a t-shirt. It is. It's t-shirt. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm gonna. I just thought of an NSFW one that I'll uh <laughs> I'll, I'll keep on the back burner for now. Okay. <laughs> See if we get banned from uh from YouTube and uh. <laughs> so in terms of fitness and personal identity, um, yeah, lots of different questions here. But you know, I think one that you and I have discussed that maybe is worth starting off with is um you know, this question of how closely linked are the body and the brain and mind to who we are. And, you know, you and I have discussed how the past 100, 150 years, you know, whatever time frame you want to use, but relatively recently on an evolutionary scale, you know, the body has been seen as kind of tangential to, um, and there are proto versions of this with Cartesian dualism and, you know, Christian conceptions of the soul and what have you. But the body is... Sometimes seen as tangential to the mind. Sometimes actively seen as a distraction for the mm-hmm. mind. Right? Like mm-hmm. it, within, within Christian theology, like you know the temptations, the baser, yeah. you know, instincts and, and things like that. Um, you know, is it just uh, you know something we've got to we've got to do some lunges and some broccoli for to keep this uh, meat sack running so that the brain doesn't die. Or, you know, is uh is this whole thing connected a bit more in such a way that uh which you know seems to be kind of the thesis we're running with where like they all kind of work together and uh so yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if there are any thoughts or want to start off there.
1: Yeah, yeah I uh I, I do think so the the linking, you know, the where I start with the linking is just from my background trying to understand um just human development. I just put it into that category, uh, but, and human development. And I I don't, I don't, I'm not starting with this one to get into, you know, mind body stuff with regards to, uh, um, you know, conception and and the political ramifications that people get into based upon that not whatsoever. So I just want to front end by saying it's, it's so sad. I actually have to say that today, but anyways, um, but that, that linking, you know, the, if you, if you go back and look at this conception of, you know, these pieces of two humans coming together and working its magic, uh, to create, uh, what we are today, you know, it starts from a very simple, small process. And we, we seem to think, I believe over time that somehow that, that magically is disconnected, you know, or somehow magically there's like a, uh, something different in there, but just because that, you know, eight week old thing can't communicate doesn't mean that it's not i'll use the word whole right whole meaning it it, the the brain and the and the the gut basically just to use two ends of the spectrum is it's all one it's one connection right so it's one material connection right and this is now i mean this is fact and this is where we get into challenges around you know conception etc and then i think you know You know there's there's stuff at uh let's let's come out of the womb right there's stuff at two three four years of age shit there's stuff that i thought about when i was 17 (laughs) that with regards to thought as to what i am or what i do or the connection between those i don't even understand that my whole point being is that that whole thing that used to use the word linked that's linked but in the concept of growth and development of the brain I think that's, I think that, I think that's the fascinating thing, right? The whole concept that the the true growth of the brain doesn't actually occur till like after one third of most humans lives. So it's, it's like this, you know, so I guess it's funny. Should they, should they even be involved in the questioning or the conversation if they can't even recognize, you see what I'm saying. And it's not like those, uh, those individuals were 23 when they came up with that because they were half baked anyways, or the PFC was half baked, uh, not proteins, fats, carbs, prefrontal cortex. And it's, a uh, you know, that's what I think about with regards to the linking of it. Um, and to why I just, I'm, I'm so steadfast, I guess, on that understanding of that connection, like that deeper connection of the whole thing being, yeah, I use the word whole it's, it's a whole thing. Right. And it's wonderful, you know, okay it's it's fucking fascinating it's complex it's beautiful it's mysterious you know um yeah
0: yeah no i i agree and i think i mean we're we're again you know with the obvious caveat like we're open to other interpretations but it's like the more and more science progresses about you know the brain and gut connection and second nervous system and uh i mean take anything you want you know micronutrients from food, blood sugar balance, oxidative stress, inflammation, yeah. uh, tissue oxygenation, um, you know, proper digestion, the micro, like all these things, like we know, like we have very strong scientific evidence that they can have a profound impact on, you know, mental development and things like ADD and ADHD and uh, cognitive function. And they're not, they're not just like tangential. It's like, these yeah. are linked to how you how you function
1: those are great examples and they to my point earlier right those those things that you that people participate in i just loosely call it eating like shit or treating themselves like shit right and they can work back against one another um, with regards to thoughts and how that toxins have those ideas and the thoughts but it pulls you away from this homeostatic rate that is just a developmental process. That's so powerful. It'll just work itself through and it'll build and grow and download things. And, and just continue to like, again, using my word, work towards your highest level of potential and what limits that, right? What limits that is what we know. We actually know there's things that limit that, that pull you away from that natural homeostatic, as well as adaptation process, right? We know it. This is the thing that's always the this is what gets me (laughs) heated is like we know these things. Right. We know this. And uh, again, it goes back to that, you know, uh, uh, I guess the liberty conversation. Right. It's like we have well, we have freedoms to do what we want. But inside of this arena on the conversation of how to make your your uh, brain mind, I'll use that as one word. The best as possible for your whole life, right? It, it is allowing it to be at its best level most times, to just allow itself to adapt and to be open to things and learn information to kind of make it work. And what pulls you away from that is being drunk, eating shitty food. You know what I'm saying? Like it, all that is not, is not, and it's not an addition to what, what people think, right? Right that's the that's that's where you don't to your questioning here that's where i think fitness comes into that yeah. um i just get frustrated cuz i don't think they'll ever be you know what humans want today right they want evidence of it uh you know evidence in like you know we have these studies and the, you know evidence um they they want to have uh freedom uh they You know, uh, I think a lot of humans uh, actually need to run away from stuff, right? And 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 uh, and repress things, and sometimes just dropping the hammer uh, through shitty foods or whatever can can do that, right? Because it pulls you away from this awakening and this reality that like makes you face things really clearly, right? So I, I think you know this is the this is the confusion that I have, anyways, in trying to like. Teach people to fall in love with the opposite, which is like, no, you know, uh, nourish yourself. That opens opens your brain <laughs> to like to to recognizing more things, you know, being more in touch. You want to be more in touch with your emotions and whatever you're calling something that's deeper than the material. You know, do some lunges and eat broccoli like uh, I, I know that is beneficial for that. Yeah
0: yeah absolutely and um yeah i mean you kind of wonder again going back to the liberty conversation like i'm on the one i mean there's there's kind of two aspects to it there's like on the one hand like what could be more ironclad evidence than like what we have about like and it's not just even the, i mean it's the nutrition stuff i mentioned but there's also you know benefits of uh walking and sweating and physical movement and respiration and, you know, uh, resistance training of one sort or another. Um, you know, on the one hand, people should be free. Should they so choose to say, well, you know, uh, and, and I mean, from a political liberty perspective, I'm, I'm still okay. And on board with this, you know, like, let's say someone grants all those points and like it eh, live fast, you know, look good leave a good looking corpse like okay like at least they grant it but they're like oh, i mean, i have different goals but then it gets harder with um you know uh without mentioning specific cultures here like there are specific cultures who will say like oh you know spiritually it's better to be like a you know a vegan or something like that and it's, it's like better for you know brain you know and uh okay well you know and i mean there are people who are who are taught that and it's like well over here we've got like the brain requires choline and you know all these different things to uh be able to uh you know, it shouldn't be like a carb fest all the time. And so that that's where it gets it gets like tricky. On the one hand, you you know, from a political liberty perspective, right? It you know, you want to be able to have people pursue their own conceptions of the good. Uh, on the other hand, uh, from like an evidence perspective that is publicly available that anyone from any culture, from any religion can like see and refer to and isn't dependent on certain, you know, metaphysical views from a, you know, ancient text or something like that. Um, yeah, know, I that's, think, out, that's where it gets tricky.
1: Yeah, I know. I think the well, I think the evidence is available. I just think that who wants to read it and who wants to like scrape through and be like, oh, what are all those similar things right now? That's obviously um, that's bias. Um, that's my lens, right? but I don't just pull that out of my ass. It's not like I haven't read, you know, 80 books on it or actually observed me writing a million programs, right? So I think I have some uh, say in this matter, right? Where I can say, no, these are the principles amongst the entire thing. And this is the reason why. The goalpost is different for all those people, right? But we're talking about a different goalpost, right? We're talking about that concept of vitality for the whole time. I don't give a shit about how lean you are, like how your corpse looks. I fucking don't care, right? I don't care. I care about your effort and I care about your daily actions. So if your will is to improve your function for your whole life, I don't fucking care what you look like at the end of it. It's got nothing to do with it. And I actually don't fucking care about disease. The whole thing is not set up for anti-disease either. That just comes as a part of the prize for following through with rising towards your highest physical and cognitive potential. That's just something that just happens, right? But uh, sure, give me fucking three out of a thousand stories. I don't care. Oh, that guy uh, ate clean and exercised. He died of cancer. He's 62, right? Yeah, go F yourself, right? Like, I don't even want to talk to you, right? Give me give me the 97 other out of 100 stories of those people no one hears about, right, That that do follow these principles that are probably right in front of us, right? that are, that are striving to try to get better with their food that do connect to that. They have something at lunch and then they're like, wow, I I'm clear-minded. And I just thought of some really powerful things like you have this morning, whatever going on with you this morning, there's something you're, you're connected this morning. You know, there's something that, you know what I'm saying? There's opening that pathway. And there's a lot of people that will go through that and be like, they'll connect the dots, right? They're like eggs, spinach, winner. Like it's a, you know, and they'll just want to repeat that, you know, and, and then that that, that just adds up over time. And there's just so many things, though, that get in the way of that, to your point, right, the challenge. They want to see evidence. It's like your your evidence is just what you're doing. Like that's your, it's your effort and your actions. That's what dictates it. Right. Uh, and, and the other stuff, you know, for sure, there'll always be a, yeah, sorry for my my intensity on that one, but uh, okay. the, it's an important thing uh, for me to speak about.
0: Um so what I hear you saying is that a little Caesar's hot and ready for breakfast with some um some crazy bread is uh, something's the, there. The key to a good good podcast. No, something's that is not, there. That isn't that It's had, the it's
1: but, the cayenne pepper.
0: Yeah, it's the cayenne pepper, it's something. Yeah,
1: uh, chemicals in uh, the cayenne pepper. Sell that shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the key to the key to greater thoughts and li- living a, uh, living a larger life. No, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, uh, yeah, there's just such, you know, I mean, again, it's not that there aren't, you know, this is something we can talk about. It's not that there aren't smart people who, you know, treat themselves like shit. I mean, you've obviously mentioned Christopher Hitchens, but I encountered many of them in grad school and then you always wonder, like, you know, could they be better? But like, it it's, it's just a brute objective scientific fact that, you know, I'm I'm willing to accept the contrary with, with, uh, you know, sufficient evidence, but it's like the brain needs certain nutrients to function. It functions better with a sufficiency of such nutrients, not just meeting the bare minimum. There are certain foods that contain these nutrients in certain amounts. There are certain ones that are contained in animal products, more so than plant products. There are some that are contained more than plant than animal and like, um, you know, the brain does better when glucose isn't spiking to 200 on a regular basis. Like this is just a, you know, it doesn't depend on your ideology. It doesn't depend on any ancient texts. It doesn't depend on any of that stuff. It's just like a a number, like, did you do it or did you not? Um, And uh, yeah, I think there's just such sufficient evidence for that, And you know, connected to this personal identity question. I think one of the things we're advocating for is, um, you know, that you obviously a huge part of who you are is your brain, but it is not just who you are. And like this connection to the physical body and uh, you know, there's lots of stuff. um, You know, the the book, the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk and uh, you know, autonomic nervous system functioning and like dancing and expressing and fight or flight and like regulation of the autonomic nervous system through um, through activity and, you know, probably one of the central theses of that book although it focuses more on things like emdr rather than physical expression but it does talk about things like dancing and yeah. movement is uh you know talk therapy can be great but it misses a whole lot that can't be like released through that and like think about how central trauma is to you know or can be to uh you know one's self conception so i feel like the, the thing we're kind of circling here but you know um saying a lot of the same things is like you're you're We've already gone with kind of the physical thesis, but it's 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 more than the brain. It's directly tied to all these other things that uh make you you. And from a practical perspective, like you've talked about, like this should be vitally important in terms of how we think about, you know, educating kids and you know yes. organizing society and things like that.
1: Yeah, because when you get into policy, that becomes a you know, a bigger fish to fry, let's say. Uh I, I also use the story consistently of the uh all the top, Um, you know, people around me in the sport for major physical, uh, you know, expression weren't the highest cognitive or intellectually wise individuals. You know, you take a 1500 of them and then put them up against 1500 people that were just doing exercise. And we all agreed upon some tests, right? Those individuals, my whole point being is that just because those individuals are really good with muscles and the body doesn't mean that that's disconnected from their brain. It just means that they are maximizing, you know, one area of the whole entity much better than others. And what, where this, where I always had lots of thoughts on it to connect to this point is that if you, if you work that area so much, and we'll just use the area as a demarcation, the body and muscles so much, right. It just makes sense. That you lose out on the higher order functioning of the brain, this is why what I also see in your point you made for the your final question. I'm not leading to that right now, but I think a lot of those people, and I'll just use hitch as an example again because he actually did talk about this in his later days he would he 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 owned the fact that yeah, he said in his words, these were poisons that I knew were eventually gonna be in my demise, but he said um. I was so exhausted by straining my brain to write and think about these things and debate these topics that I almost used it as like a, as a downward side to what, you know what I'm saying? And, and I wish I, to, to, to the hitches in the world, I wish, you know, at a younger age, I could say, there are other things you could do, you know, there are other things you could do that strengthen the base support of that system to allow you to continue to make those great thoughts. Right you know and that that that's the thing and and here we are, you know, just using Christopher because of that example, you know a, an intelligent person right, regardless of background experience an intelligent person uh thinks some hard things, educated, et cetera right it's it's all brain and it was like, oh, see brain, you know that's the that's the echelon it's like, well no, it's not it was even said of that brain that he he didn't treat his brain effectively what eventually ended up. It's actually very sad, actually, to listen to a couple of his last interviews talk about some of his regrets of like things that for the next 10 years he would like to see, you know, with his children, right? I mean, that that hits home, right? That hits home when you can say there were some decisions that you could make. Anyways, my whole point, Bear, I hope people pulled that out is that, you know, the, 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 like I always like to say, the, the brain, the brain is in control, muscles are stupid, right? And saying it that way, you start to recognize, okay, you know but but those muscles can work so much they can pull you away from your highest functioning of your brain um and hey that's just the uh, the path you want to choose what do you want to choose do you want to go after beating that up and i see that to your point yeah i see that i see a lot of people choosing that character of the elite fitness athlete right and then saying oh that's, those must be the practices that we must do inside of this physical training area and i'm going to be just like that and what you're forgetting is that those people are losing out on cognitive and intellectual function. This is this is a a reality, right? I and if listen, I can give you personal stories that would shake someone in their chair in terms of memories and thoughts and like shit that went on in my head during my highest form of physical expression. You don't you don't want to be a part of that shit, right? You don't want to be a part of that shit, especially if you like your brain, right? Um, and eventually over time, yeah, no, I'll finish with a high, a positive note on that. Eventually over time, I recognize that there are this, there is a beautiful aspect to resisting entropy after that maximal expression that you can still quote unquote, strengthen the resolve and the resilience of your brain and your thoughts and your emotions from that brain support afterwards. Right. And I'm a part of that right now and I'm really enjoying it and I'm pretty content (laughs) and I'm not winning anything, you know? So there, there, you know, I can give a good storyline to that, but to your point on the pizzas and, and going back, uh, I wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have done it. Uh, if I had known more about the the impact relative to my cognitive function and my brain and my long-term health that I know, I know I'm going to have some, issues over time. When you mention that word, Alzheimer's, it's just called Alzheimer's and immediately people think, Oh, that's an old person. Who's crazy walking around the street now. No, um, I, I am scared about that. I know that a a high demand for 15 years on the metabolic system, regardless of what it's like treating yourself like a piece of shit and eating shitty food or treating yourself like a piece of shit and going to physical sacrifice. Right. That is both going to end up in the same cognitive issues. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um it's all
1: brain and mind, brain mind, you know, you know,
0: brain body. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and uh, to go back to one of the points you made about, you know, Hitchens and doing stuff to kind of help him calm down, you know, I think about, uh, kant and his uh you know daily walks that you know apocryphally that people will talk about how you know kant would take these walks every day that like
1: and kierkegaard
0: uh, yeah you could time your watch by yeah so uh
1: yeah i uh anyways i'll uh was hoping i'd be able to uh uh, quote it but uh, yeah actually, actually i will right now just because everyone's gonna wait and have me do it Above all, do not lose your desire to walk. Every day I walk myself into a state of well-being and I walk away from every illness. I have walked myself into my best thoughts and I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it.
0: Oh, man, I've done a lot of Kierkegaard stuff. I had not heard that one before.
1: Man, that that strikes a chord. But to your point of the, you know, um, yeah, I also hear a lot of the stories, you know, of individuals, um, you know, we'll just do it, what, what I quote unquote called a walkabout, right. And, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, there's so much, and, you know, just no one talks about that, right. Um, there's one, you know, well-known person today who went through, uh, an, called, you know, who's an intellect online. Everyone listens to went through some really challenging physical shit a couple of years ago. And like, you got to read between the lines to see the story on the recovery where, you know, you read between the lines. And he's like, he walked with his son, I think it was, um, like five to seven miles every day, right? And did yoga, right? So, you know, listen, for those of you who who freak out based on that, but yoga is resistance to that particular person, right? So you see what they did, right? They did those basic things of like, the physical activity around resistance and sustainable activity that allow them not only to come back as a quote unquote, stronger self and a new self, but recover from that. So anyways, there's so much of that We're we're, you know, if, if, if Hitch had just taken a walk, you know,
0: <laughs> Just take a walk, man. You don't, don't need to, you don't need to fuck yourself up with uh, cigarettes. And okay. <laughs> And <laughs> then uh, related to that, I don't know if you've ever heard this term before, but um there was probably one of my best professors in uh, grad school, Michael Lux, who taught a lot in Aristotle. Um, he would always walk before his lectures and during his lectures, like he would literally like circle the class. But have you ever heard the term peripatetic before? No. Okay, so I've, I've got the dictionary up here, but it's it's uh, so it's spelled P-E-R-I and then uh, P-A-T-E-T-I-C. Okay. So definition one: walking about or from place to place traveling on foot definition two of, or relating to the philosophy or teaching methods of Aristotle who conducted discussions while walking about in the the Lyceum of ancient Athens. So like people will talk about peripatetic philosophy and, you know, the school of peripatetic and things like that. So just kind of just interesting, interesting connections all about between like Kant and Kierkegaard and Aristotle and this notion of, uh, uh, you know, Steve Jobs famously used to, go on walks for his for his meetings with all these people. And um so just just interesting.
1: Go find some fruits to squeeze.
0: Yeah. Uh there is an I don't I forget the name of the guy, but uh my dad was was reading up on him in connection with his own kind of um Parkinson stuff. There's there's a famous guy, like Amazon, one of the top books, is a guy who has essentially done a tremendous amount to reverse his own parkinsonianism by just like walking
1: like michael j fox talks about that yeah i've read two of his books same thing
0: which just makes you you know that that connection i mean I'm, i'm sure there have been you know studies on this and you know people talk today about like um how shoes cover the, you know, the nerve endings of our feet and, you know, stimulation and things like that. And just that interesting um, connection. And then, you know, going back to the Alzheimer's thing, you're you're absolutely right that, you know, on the, on the one side of things, which is probably the smaller percentage, but elite athletes and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, and probably some other people listening are aware uh, Alzheimer's, even though there can be multiple mechanisms of, you know, toxin exposure and what have you that can lead to it. Like it's, pretty famously referred to as like diabetes type three <laughs> that's because blood sugar has a direct uh impact on it mechanistically so you know it, it's not like it's uh i mean we're still you know working out you know this, the exact mechanisms of how these things work but it's like there's a pretty clear story about um again blood sugar balance micronutrients circadian biology like there, there's a ton of stuff on, uh, I didn't realize this initially. I mean, it makes sense, but like specifically on, uh, Parkinson's and circadian biology disruption. Mm. Um, so like just, just all these biological things, um, that it's not like, oh, well, you know, a demon crawled into your brain and, you know, caused it. It's like, no, it's, uh, it's, it's biology. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, uh, possibly not honoring that, that meat sack and, uh, training yeah. it. To be disciplined, you know, and to operate effectively. Um yeah, I have up on my wall here, which uh maybe you can come and see as a uh the the quote by JG Bennett on that particular topic of uh that maybe I'll I'll uh you can add in the show notes as well. It's too long to read as another great one for today.
0: Oh boy, did I just uh, be kind to your meat sack? Is that <laughs>
1: is that gonna be one of our shirts
0: i'm gonna to tm to anyone who's listening to the end of this tm we have just trademarked that is, that is now property of fitness and philosophy yeah we'd have
1: to although it's the proper word we'd have to change the your we'd have to change your to something <laughs> or uh t- treat the meat sack kindly
0: and <laughs> we got to play it the first we got to play up the double entendre to, to make the sales. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah.
1: I have, I have so much, uh, research to do now, so much work to do. I got the, uh, uh, the, the, the decades I got to, you know, reformulate my thought and my ideas on maximum human potential based upon that. Um, I got some, uh, good thoughts of my own on, uh, uh peripatetic and and pedestrianism and the, the whole thing that i i love is like again another subset of things i'm interested in is uh is walking and locomotion especially outdoors and nature and uh and how much you know some simple power there is to that i gotta watch wandavision obviously i mean i can't uh an
0: amazing show i'll send you i'll send you the ship of the theseus thing and then okay well, you can choose if you want to yeah so, yeah but yeah. it's, it's...
1: yeah and then i appreciate a a re uh uh just just another continual conversation for uh for me to be able to voice out stuff that i think about a lot uh so i appreciate that because and and this topic you know really is one of the bigger big base support things that are is important to me uh for my own thoughts and uh so today was another great way for me to discuss those things that i find important um like you you know the, the uniqueness of all of us and the and the tremendous awe around that i have is just uh, is fascinating so i appreciate it
0: yeah no i had a fantastic time discussing it and just yeah the the notion you had of like you being something that you can like achieve or work towards or actualize and uh yeah, just a whole bunch of things that I hadn't even thought about in in coming up with the uh, the outline. That yeah, I thought that was I really enjoyed that. So, um, all right, well, any other any other thoughts or anything like that on today?
1: No, my uh, brain is getting to the top. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna go.
0: See if we can present in front of a uh, VC board and uh, see if we can get the funds to, for you and I to buy a pickleball team. And, yes. Uh, yes. I'll you. work on it.
1: Yeah. yeah I'll uh, see if Tony, is, uh, Tony Budding is still around the corner interested in, in throwing something together.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure after, uh, what, what was the name of that league? It, grid. It, the grid. Does it still grid. exist?
1: I don't, I think there's probably uh you know uh, yeah, I think it does exist, but it, but in a particular I think it's in the Florida area or southeast and okay. there's tournaments and competitions. Yeah. So okay. goes on. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's just gotta be like the grid league.
1: Yep. Yep. Pretty much. And drones and e games and etc. cetera. It's all the all clumped into the same area. Yeah. Huh. You're nothing if you don't make it to the Olympics. No. Nope. So we'll see how that goes. Again, in the future, people will be laughing at this episode 100 years from now. Did they say that? <laughs> they laughed? Wow. Was pickleball not once part of the Olympics? Was it
0: not the main thing? <laughs> not the only sport that one could participate in?
1: <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks so much.